Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. This is Francisco Rodriguez, and this is the first episode of my podcast. It's uh, currently an unnamed podcast. haven't come up with a name yet as to why there is no intro music as well, because I'm not... I don't have any skills regarding GarageBand yet or anything else that can make some music. This is my first time. It's a, it's a very impromptu podcast here. What had happened was I was... I had to go ahead and turn in my library books because somebody placed a hold on them. I wasn't able to renew all of them. And I went to go drop them off and I said, hey... The library actually has a a media lab, so I've been meaning to to get my my feet rolling on a podcast, and I was like, oh, let me check it out, see if if the room's available for for use, and it was. So here I am, no notes, nothing to get this started off on a good foot, but that that's how everything goes, right? That's how usually I, I find everything going in my life, where <clears throat> I'm, uh, I don't have the uh, I don't have the proper time frame to get situated get prepared I usually just jump into things when the opportunity presents itself just like this where uh, I, I tried uh, reserving it one day and it was actually closed and that time I actually had notes and everything ready to go and then I've just been uh, basically lagging it you know that's that's usually what I do anyways is I go ahead and lag a lot of things I don't have that 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 gumption not too sure where that where that comes from the the lack of drive but I'm definitely working on uh, improving that which has been good I, I I went ahead and got my comedy aspirations going I wouldn't say career really since I, I'm just an open micer but that's been going good. It's been going good. And I do need to go ahead and start writing. I haven't been writing. I'll just write down just a few couple things here and there. I'll write things, um, a couple jokes, a couple topics. But I've never really had the ability to sit down and write just yet. Um, I find myself making a lot of excuses. Not, not really making excuses to myself. It's more that I find myself... Uh, wasting time on the various social medias for example Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube but I'm getting better at that I need to actually sit down and write which I was going to do today and what was funny was I was actually going to try ahead and um, I was gonna gonna go ahead and try to purchase a handcuff key today that was that was my big errand to run. And it wasn't that I wanted or I need. Well, I, I do need a handcuff key. I've, I've misplaced um, the two that I had. Uh, they're really small. If you've never uh, seen a handcuff key in real life, they're very, very tiny. Maybe like a third of the size of a, of a house key. And it's just, you know, nobody carries them. You can't go to your local Target or Walmart and pick one up. You have to go to a legitimate uh, security store. And since I had to come to the library today, since it was the last day to turn in this book <clears throat> that I had, 
and might as well turn in a, a, a group of other books so I don't accumulate late fees. It was um, uh, the exact opposite direction of where the security store that I plan on going to was. It would have been nice. And that, that's the weird thing about me where I, I will come across a couple things where I will stumble across something and then I just obsess on it where I need it. I, I I can't survive without it. So I go, oh, I need a handcuff key. Do I have the ability to go and get one? Yeah, I'll, I can make it to the store. I'll, I'll, I'll rush over there. And then I don't even need it, though. I, you know, I have... I haven't been taking any security gigs, uh, and the security gigs that I have taken, if any, I don't need handcuff keys. They don't they don't arrest people, in these types of um, situations, where I uh, give support to. But it's always nice to have the the key, especially if I wanted to play around with them or anything. But. <coughs> I need to go ahead and I think maybe just order one online. I'm so opposed to to buying things online and I don't know why. I think because I never want to pay for shipping. I just and I like the satisfaction of actually walking into the store, uh, picking my item out and then uh, turning it in to the cash register and making that purchase. I'm, I'm weird like that. I think I like to I don't like the commitment the blind commitment of purchasing something with without knowing for sure what it looks like. So, for example, you know, you, you see a picture on Amazon or, or eBay and you go, oh, yeah, that looks fine. And you get it. And it wasn't exactly as as you as you thought it was going to be. Whereas in the store, obviously, you can take a look at it. Sometimes you may even actually be able to take it out of the box and um, see if you like it or not. And I, I've never even returned anything online. But that seems that seems like a little bit of a hassle as well in case you buy something that doesn't fit, doesn't work correctly. So I, I think I'll just do that. I think I just need to order the my handcuff key online. So I could go ahead and uh, be safe knowing that in case somebody uses my handcuffs, that they can escape from them. <laughs> you know, that'd be an awkward situation trying to explain that to anybody, let alone that law enforcement. But uh, what this podcast is going to be about, it's going to be about things that, that interest me. Uh, it's not going to have any real agenda of any sort I'll talk about anything from world events to conspiracy theories to sports particularly only uh, mixed martial arts kickboxing strongman uh, throw some fitness in there some bodybuilding I'm not I'm not a huge fan of mainstream sports I don't really like I don't really care for the NFL, I don't like the NBA, and I, I strongly, strongly dislike baseball. I, I just don't, I never got the appeal. Uh, I understand the strategy and everything involved, but 
I still just don't get the appeal of that where just for some of the, the, the sports that I listed, you can actually see how people can leave their souls or, or a piece of themselves inside the arena when they compete. And I just don't get the same with, with baseball. And it's also to where it just, I don't, I, don't, I, I guess I don't see the justification for the, uh, insanely amount salaries that some players get whereas it's not that to me because I don't understand it I'm not from that world that I don't understand the the importance or the high regard that some of them have and that's why they they receive those huge huge uh, signing bonuses and uh, salaries in general And yeah, I mean, it'll go anywhere from from the sports to to um, just many things that I'm interested in to my personal life, uh, my um, comedy aspirations, and possible not possibly my comedy career once it gets uh once it gets going. So you guys will be able to follow me on my journey. One of the biggest influences on my life and. Uh, motivation for uh, starting this podcast is, of course, uh, the great Joe Rogan, where he has a podcast. He's gotten a bunch of his comedian friends to start podcasts, and it's it's one of those things where people always go, there's so many things out there. There's so many forms of entertainment already. You can say there's so many movies. Why do people keep making movies? It's just you, you, you put out your content and then if people are fans of you, they'll go and check it out. So that's what I'm doing here is I'm just going out, putting out my content and seeing who enjoys what I do. I'll, I'll throw some other things in there too, some, some positive things, some positive quotes, things of that nature. I'm a very unique person. I have a lot of eclectic tastes where I, I enjoy lots of different things. For example, I like fighting, but then uh, I like maybe um, some girly things like, like rom-coms. Very, very unique individual I am. And I'm not too sure how I want to get started off the ball with this. Talk about something important or anything of that nature. Like I had... I had... Um, a couple of pages open here, a couple of tabs open on my Explorer. And what's cool is um, I'm at the library using this uh, media lab that they have here. So this is this isn't at home. That's why it's a good quality recording because I have a legitimate microphone here. But I was going off of um, a couple of the tabs I have here. I have my Twitter page which is Cisco underscore Rodriguez. And then also uh, a news page here so I could read some things in case I run out of anything, any ideas or anything of that nature. And I apologize for that, where those are just different um, notifications on my phone. I thought I was out of uh, range here to do this. 
but let me go ahead and put that on silent for, for everybody here. Yeah, just getting a bunch of different random things. But let's see here. Mm -hmm. uh, let me actually take a look and see if there's a UFC event today. I believe there is. And also, I'm, I'm recovering from a cold that I, that I have. Oh, give me one moment, please. <coughs> yeah, and then I noticed that actually um, UFC fighter Tim Kennedy was talking in regards to his ISIS threats, which is which is pretty pretty wild, pretty crazy, pretty um, unfortunate that they go ahead and do stuff like that. I don't, I don't, clearly I don't support ISIS, and it's just, it's just so, such a crazy topic to, to, to be in, where uh, we live in a world where just these crazy fanatical people go ahead and, and fight everybody, and, and not fight everybody, but attack uh, innocent civilians throughout the whole time it, it would just make more sense if they went against their uh, actual perceived enemy so if for example it was uh, the, a government building or not not a government building but if they say for example the United States government they never attack the actual government or any of the leaders they go ahead and attack you know, different different places. For example, even if if um, they don't like the military presence in Iraq, they'll go ahead and blow up a marketplace, which that doesn't make any sense, you know. And it's like, oh well, they they go ahead and do what they can, create terror and things of that nature. And that's just a very unfortunate series of events where. Uh, you can understand people if they're not very intelligent and they don't have many options in life and somebody's able to motivate them in a horrible, negative way. Like, for example, uh, some guy's a goat order and his family gets killed by a drone. It'd be, it'd, I, to me, it sounds like it'd be very easy to, to fuel him full of rage and anger and say that uh, those Americans or these people did that to your family. But if only they could see that, it's not... Uh, so many people are not at fault, you know? It's the people in the marketplace. They're just going on about their lives. People stationed overseas, they're not... They're, they don't make those decisions. They're just there because... They signed a contract. It's their job. And they got a bad roll of the dice. And instead of being in Virginia, Germany, Japan, Korea, they're out in, you know, so, so some forward operating base. And they have to do patrols and things of that nature. So uh, I really hope the threats against Tim Kennedy aren't aren't credible for for their sake. I have full confidence 
that Tim Kennedy would be able to wholeheartedly uh, reap some revenge and some punishment or justice, as some would say, on anybody trying to trying to hurt him and anybody who is with. And especially being in, in, in Texas, I don't feel that that would be a smart move for, for any uh, actual ISIS members or, or lone wolf operatives that they have somewhere out there. It would just be just be a very poor decision since uh, so many people out there have uh, are, are, are very pro Second Amendment. But I was able to pull out the the uh, the card here, and it's actually on Sunday, which is uh, unfortunate. I really wanted to take a look at it tonight, since uh, I'm not gonna. I don't believe I'll be busy tonight. But um, yeah, I, I thought I lost you guys there for a moment. Let me take a look at here. So let's start off with the. Uh, let's start off with the bottom. We'll go with. Uh, uh, I wasn't gonna go all the way down to the bottom, but yeah, let me take a quick look here. I'm gonna go with for the prelims. We have Cote and Saunders, which should be a very good fight. I haven't been paying attention to Patrick Cote lately. I think he's healthy. So even though Ben Saunders is amazing. I got a good feeling about Kote, and, I'll, and I'm going to go ahead and pick Kote for this one. I'm not familiar with Wade or Baghdad, Blanco or Saunders. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Blanco because I think I may have seen him fight before. He does look a little familiar. And um, for Wade and Baghdad, it's a wash. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Wade because I have a friend named Wade, so that's the only reason. I'll go ahead and choose him, but then between the Bosch and Herman fight, uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Bosch. You know, I'll go ahead and choose him. Hopefully, I'm I'm not sure why he's on the prelims. I'm not sure if he he lost beforehand. I believe uh, somebody may have beaten him, but uh, I I would say that I definitely think he has a, a strong chance against Ed Herman, but usually with um. With uh, and Bosch is, I believe, a, a middleweight now. Doesn't say on the on the cards here. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take a guess that. Oh no, two o five. There it is. Oh, so two o five. Well then, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have um, favor with Bosch. And it's in Boston. Okay, so I don't think elevation is gonna be a factor. Now for the main card. I'm a big fan of Pearson. He's very crisp. <laughs> Masaranduba for Francisco Trinaldo. Francisco Trinaldo. Okay, let's take a look here. And the, the, they're, they're the same across, uh, almost identical with their finishing rates. We're most, more than half, or, or about 40% for both is the, through decision. And it's either KO, TKO, or submissions by which they win. Um, let's see this guy from Brazil. Brazil. Um, and Ross, I believe, has been on a tear lately. But I don't know. 
I'm going to go with uh, most likely the underdog here. I'm going to go with Francisco because we share the same name only. I should really do more research on things of this nature. Um, and then here we have Anthony Pettis versus Eddie Alvarez. Now this, I wanted to go with Eddie Alvarez um, just because he's the, uh, I've, I feel that like he's a big underdog in this fight where Anthony Pettis just has a ton more weapons to win. Um, where I've some of Eddie's last outings, he hasn't uh, performed so strongly, and uh, he didn't do good against the last person who was kicking him quite a lot. Wish I could remember who that was. Was it was it Donald Cerrone? I'm not too sure. My memory's not as good as it used to be. And even though I want to go with Eddie Alvarez, I just got a feeling that that Anthony Pettis is going to bring it this time. And be fantastic. Now we have Travis Hopper Brown versus Matt Mitrione. Over here it says we have number six against number fourteen, and we all know that those ratings are are done very poorly and not very accurate at all. They have the same reach, seventy nine inches, and uh, although uh, Travis Brown's uh, has four inches in height. On Matt Mitrion, on Meathead, if you will. Um, uh, Hoppe has a lot of controversy around him where uh, there's been allegations that I believe have not been founded from his uh, fr- from a previous relationship that he had. So I lost a lot of a uh, uh, lot of respect, even though there was no uh, legitimate. Um, evidence brought forth where those issues are always so touchy where it's who do you believe why do you believe them and you know what's going to happen with everything so there are just domestic abuse allegations and it's always so difficult to to be put in that type of situation uh I know I I had a um I know I had one previous relationship where it always felt that she wanted things to escalate to to uh, a physical level and that was always so strange to me I think because I'm so big and strong that it's I I get it you know like I I don't I I understand my strength and my power and I don't understand or actually that maybe that's that's the whole issue is where other guys aren't aware of their strength or power so they they use it whenever they can to to try and still in themselves to feel strong so if i prove myself out in the gym or in the past when i've actually tussled with with people as a bouncer i i understand where i i stand so that was never, never an option for me. And maybe that's that's the problem that these guys have. That, that um, and I'm not including Travis in there. I'm just going off on a tangent on domestic violence where uh, maybe that's why they do it. I mean, of course, there's always tons and, and a huge number of different reasons why people act out if it's they were taught this, this types of thing, but... 
uh, I always feel that you can grow out of things of that nature if you just educate yourself and just gain more knowledge in an overall overall aspect of your life where uh, just learning anything helps you become more of a critical thinker and hopefully that can um, carry you over to different aspects of your life. So for example, be like, hey, you know, I really love this girl, so I don't think hitting her would be that cool because it's not. I don't know why some people... I mean, it's it's the whole thing where you don't understand and you can't comprehend people's way of thinking. And even if they explained it to you, you really wouldn't be able to comprehend it anyways. Where girls go, oh, no, that, that proves that he really loves me because he hits me. <laughs> I just just so foreign to me where how about just be cool and have disagreements every now and then? You know, it's it's just this. I'm an easygoing guy. You know, it's, a lot of people tell me, hey. Are you Hawaiian? Especially now that I have my long hair. And I don't know. I've, I've never gotten that when I was, was bald-headed before. Only when I have the long hair. People think I'm Hawaiian. I think uh, because I'm of a, of a larger build, they, they just uh, presume I have some sort of Polynesian <laughs> genes or something of that nature. I don't know. I might. I need, I need to get that DNA testing done. But back to the UFC event. Yeah, definitely going to go with Matt Matreon on here. And especially with uh, Travis Brown's last outing. I believe his last outing was against Arlovsky. That's the one that I remember, which he lost that one. And I want to say Matt Mitrione. I want to say he has more power than than Arlovsky. I'm not too sure, though, but he just seems to have a little bit more explosive power there. And if uh, Mitrion comes in... Nice and confident, ready to let those hands fly. Definitely think it's going to be a, a short end for Travis. And I've I've noticed that Travis has had a couple knee injuries where he's, his, um, his style of, of engagement uh, seems to maybe mess that up a little bit. And also, he he's picked up that, that um, Ronda Rousey... <clears throat> uh, Glendale boxing gym style uh, that Edmund teaches, and I I don't like that style very much. It it just always seemed that the head was was very erect when um didn't seem like there's very there's a lot of head movement. Uh, that head movement is on much of focus on on this um at this fight camp. With their with their striking style, <clears throat> I've seen. Uh, I I always noticed that with with Ronda as well, that she she would be. Um, uh, she she would be able to, or she she had an opening for a head kick, but nobody nobody threw that stuff. You know what I mean? Her, the the level of striking was not at that at that point yet in the female division to where I felt that that was a threat. For example, uh, when she fought Betch Cohea, it was very apparent that she had her head sticking up like that, that that was available for a, a very nice head kick. But Betch doesn't throw head kicks. And then also she doesn't have, I didn't believe she had, she would either have the technique or the, 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 the length 
to to catch her with an overhand with an overhand punch to to that jaw and uh, unfortunately we didn't we didn't get to see if that was even a possibility since the, that fight was over so quickly and abruptly but um yeah going to go with Matt Mitrione and now we're going to go ahead head to the to the big time to the title shot the bantamweight title bout with which puts TJ Dillashaw versus Dominic Cruz and i i don't know the what the odds are for this at the moment i'll go ahead and look that up but uh, what i've been hearing is is that uh Dominic Cruz is the is the favorite here and i don't agree with that <clears throat> I don't I don't agree with that at all. I want to go with I'm going to go I'm going to go with um let's see. TJ Dillashaw here at all barely barely uh a um a favorite here. We have 145 minus 145 over 125 here that I that I was just able to see. And I don't know what that means. I've, I've, uh, people have explained odds to me, and I still d- don't get it. But it does appear that that he does have the champion, the champion favorite there. Uh, but no, I definitely, I definitely feel that T.J. Dillashaw has a great, great chance of retaining his title. I. Don't see Cruz. Uh, everybody says Cruz has amazing angles and everything of that nature, which he does. But he's coming back from a few surgeries and everything, and I I understand that your knees are stronger and everything. But I just really think that that TJ is is just in that zone. You know, he's just dialed in, and it's definitely going to be a crazy night. Definitely because Cruz. Has has great strategy and is very cerebral with his approach, and he's able to break things down very, very well. And that's that's the thing about the the lighter weight classes, where a lot of the fights seem to go the distance, or if they don't go the distance, they go pretty close. So you're able to pick up a lot of footage to be able to break down a fighter's tendencies and their styles and their patterns. Which is which is um, definitely going to be very fun to watch. I'll definitely make sure to catch that. Uh, <clears throat> again, I apologize for my cold. It's uh, um, but I hope uh, I'm not sure where this is going to be actually broadcast at. Uh, UFC fight nights are usually on Fight Pass, right? I was hoping to catch it online somewhere. Or on Fox, but yeah, I think it's gonna be most likely audio. Most likely on um Fight Pass. Yeah, that Fight Pass. <laughs> oh man. But um, I have here a a UFC Fight Night eighty one best bets thing here, which is pretty interesting. So all these are going to be single bets, but Joey Gomez is 
bet $30 to make $54. Domina Cruz bet $25 to make $31.25. Matt Mitrione bet $40 to make $54. So that's the bet that I am endorsing. The the Matt Mitrione bet $40 to make $54. That is $14 that you win, which equates to roughly about... Some percentage. I am an economist. No, I don't. I have no idea. I don't really care too much. Too much. I. I. Betting is fun though. One of the one of the funnest times I had betting was um, or I'll, actually I wasn't even betting. It was my friend that was betting. He he was betting that um. For the. For the Gustafson versus John Jones fight, the first one. I don't know if there's been a second one, but definitely the first one. <laughs> that um, that it would be a draw. I forget what the odds are, but he put something small down, like a hundred dollars or less, maybe even twenty dollars. But it would have been a huge payout, and it and since that was such a back and forth battle, we kept on getting uh. So excited that it it appeared to be that it was gonna be a draw, and that that definitely would have been uh, super cool. And that, that's that's definitely funny that that we were both rooting for nobody to win, just just for him to win, just so he could get that that random uh, chance bet going for him. But switching gears, I wanted to talk about a funny story. That I came across. It was a about a kangaroo that was that has been seen, and a photographer was saying that it was uh, the kangaroo was grieving over this dying female kangaroo alongside her her her, her uh, child. And that that was what hit me as peculiar because I, I'm definitely not an animal expert, but I didn't think that um, kangaroos kept their mates, and like like they they would be a partner, uh, like for example penguins are. And uh, the the photographer was saying that oh, uh, Ashy was dying. The the, the 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 male kangaroo held her held, held her head up, so she could see her Joey one last time. She 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 outstretched her arms, to try to touch him one last time, and from there it just it just seemed so cheesy to me. So, such a strong, um, sense that that this person was definitely doing the whole anthropomorphic anthropomorphizing if, if that's even a word of animals where she was outstretching to her dying Joey and it it really it looked like in, from the pictures that I saw that it was because the kangaroo was holding her up that her arms were just kind of stiff you know and sticking out there didn't really seem like she was reaching or longing for 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 that but that's you know that's what people do is they go ahead and 
put human characteristics on on animals and go, oh, it's so cute that they're doing this, and it's not, it's not really what it is. But what I thought was def what I thought was definitely interesting was a new a report came out talking about that this person was actually mistaken that. Most likely what had happened was the kangaroo that was holding her, the male kangaroo was, that was holding her, was probably a little too rough and unfortunately killed her. Which is really crazy when you think about it, that some kangaroo dude was trying to have sex with her so hard that he ended up killing her. She was, he was just too aggressive. And that's just that's just crazy how how the animal kingdom is where it's really no no not a not a good place to be where if if you're just trying to live your life and you have the ability of of dying just to have sex just to mate not not even um go with anything other than that so it's definitely tough out there in the animal kingdom and definitely i i notice people do that a lot where they apply their own previous biases, biases, their own, they apply their bias towards things. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not Engli- an English major. Okay. So bear with me. <clears throat> yeah. So they apply their own bias opinions to th- to things, whatever, uh, yeah, <laughs> and they feel like, oh, well, if I wouldn't do this, clearly everybody else wouldn't do that either, or their motivation wouldn't be that, because I think it's preposterous, and that's just not the case, you know, like, of course, you can go back to ISIS and things of that nature where people believe, oh, they don't, they don't really believe in going to paradise or they don't really think they're going to get 72 virgins. They do. They're going to get 72 virgins, but a, a, a misnomer would be that it's not literally 72 virgins. It's, uh, that means a lot. Like when in, in uh, English or American English, when people say, oh, that costs like a good jillion dollars. There is no gajillion. But then that that, that, that always uh, makes me think, if 72 was a big number to them, how long ago was that? You know, where, where you go, oh, dude, that was like $72. You go, whoa, what? $72? That is literally insane. Literally. And, you know, it was, it's just this whole, uh, thing where, um, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's confusing to a lot of people where, where they're not able to set aside their bias and, and be open-minded to things where, uh, on top of the 72 virgins going to paradise is is um is a real thing where we're being in this body is more of a of some sort of 
some some type of um, vessel as opposed to us. This, this is our our living. You know, this is our life, and then the afterlife is what whatever transpires. But to them, it's at least to the radical people. Possibly to I, I'm I'm not I'm not a theologian or a, a scholar of of religious uh, activities or anything of that nature, but uh, I've heard where it's um, believed to be that they transition to paradise. So it's 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 not really a death; it's more of a transition. So if you think about it that way, it's a very, very different way of looking at things where instead of your soul carrying on, you just, instead of this being life and and where you are, it's more of a uh, pit stop. And you do things and you learn things and you act in a certain way. And then that's when you go ahead and go forward into the legitimate um, to the legitimate paradise that that is guaranteed to you based on the things that you've done, even though their their understanding of things is very very skewed and very 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 um besides being very terrible, you know they're very. Very interesting. Let me go ahead and put this on pause for one moment. Yeah, I'm sorry where I... I forgot where I left off. I know we're talking about paradise and things of that nature. And the transition to... To another life. But yeah. Let's go ahead and... go. I don't even know where I was before this. Now we're talking about ISIS. Talking about kangaroos. Talking about kangaroos. And I was... Talking of, and I made my way to paradise. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, switching gears, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so the kangaroo, yeah, was just trying to have sex with this with this super hot kangaroo chick, and he accidentally killed her. Mo- Allegedly, most of li- most likely killed her <coughs> because you know he was still super horny and. She was the last person seen with him. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but yeah, let's take a look here. Man, that Powerball that would have been fun too to win. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Oh, that that Chapo, that El Chapo. Raid was very interesting. I took a look at that uh, today, even though it's happened, you know, a while back. Very interesting. Uh, it seemed that uh, uh, I I just keep hearing Navy commandos. I'm not too familiar with the actual military breakdown of the Mexican military or police forces or whoever go ahead and does high risk operations of that nature. Even though I am a fan of uh, military, especially the the special forces and black ops types of situations, uh, 
and obviously I'm not I'm not an expert in that field, but I do see to me at least it seems like there was a few a few errors uh done on their part where uh being able to speak Spanish I was able to to um hear a lot of the commands and seeing what what was going on and a couple of things that I would that I would be critical of but I wasn't there so I have no idea if this is proper protocol or anything but from my very amateur mind it seemed that um they uh <clears throat> they would shoot um uh just kind of kind of randomly like, like it would be instead of going into the room they would just uh give maybe warning shots cuz i remember the the squad leader or or the person in charge there that that i believe had the gopro on their head or on their on their on their weapon where wherever it was situated uh that they were uh uh being critical of that point they were they were telling them hey stop shooting uh sh- shoot at something uh shoot only if you see something and i was so i believe that's indicative that they were just shooting warning shots or or they didn't have an actual solid target where um they they weren't uh moving forward the the um i'm just going to refer to them as squad leader i remember them saying uh quite often adelante adelante <coughs> which means forward uh I believe that's what they said that's that's what I remember. I'm not, I'm not going to take a look at it now, but I believe that that that's what he was saying. And uh he was telling him to move forward where a lot of the guys weren't moving forward. They would just uh kind of stay in the pocket, which of course, of course that's a very adrenaline-filled and terrifying place to be in, even even though you have your own armor and your own uh gun to return fire. I I couldn't imagine being in a live situation such as that. And uh I mean there definitely was uh gunfire battles. I mean they had they showed one guy uh got hit um when they were first uh he- heading inside. But you know things uh things get very very complicated in there and then a a lot of people just that that's the, always the biggest issue is what are you going to do w- when it comes time to do what you have to do because you can't simulate things as much as you want you can't simulate how your body's going to react under under duress you can do so many different things for example you can do like let's say 10 burpees 10 fast burpees and then pick up a gun and start shooting to to try to simulate you know your adrenaline and and your heart rate going up and you being uh, short, short of breath but still you, you never know you you just can't tap into that adrenaline zone where uh your mind focuses in on certain things like if you get the tunnel vision that's not able to be uh you're not able to recreate that in in practice unfortunately and yeah it is definitely uh, i hope that which i assume they're going to do as well is that they're reviewing this tape and learning uh their errors and how to become better 
and uh, and in order to stay safe and combat these uh, terrible cartels, which I hope um, something gets done about them soon because that's just so much so much of unnecessary violence. And that's that's always been a, a topic for me where I I don't understand why so much of the violence is not paid attention to. I feel in in the American media, where <coughs> if you tune into the Spanish media, th- there's always tons of bodies on there, where they'll find either mass graves, mass shootings, mass executions. And that's that's intense because it's it's we're connected geographically to this. So if if somebody you know comes walking in and they throw a grenade into a discotheque and kill thirty people, that's that's only a few hundred miles away. Where that occurs if if you're in San Diego or in California or in Arizona, Texas, but everybody's worried about ISIS. You know, ISIS decapitates people, they uh, torture people to death, and they do awful things, but so do the cartels. The cartels do all these horrible things as well. I mean, if if you want to take a look at the movie Sicario, or the movie, um, uh, man, I just forgot the name of it, but it has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, and then he plays a, um, like a DA, DA, extraction team or something of that nature and uh, they have some uh, some assassin murders types of thing going on there as well but they are very brutal in Latin America in Mexico, El Salvador where my family is from and all all of the different uh, Latin American countries have been affected by violence for the most part and civil wars and it's just it's just so 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 strange to me where it's people don't have that level of fear where it's the cartels are down the street in essence you know and ISIS is thousands of miles away or what how how are they gonna get here sure you can say a Syrian refugee is gonna go go ahead and get smuggled in or a few of them you know but. The cartels are are there with their full power, and most likely they're they're already here, operating a little bit, um, where where they'd be able to go ahead and do something if 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 the need arose. And I just I just wonder why they don't come up with better uh, drug laws in regards to um, either making the drugs legal or. Um, Making it, um, I, I forget the word, but it's uh, they they make some sort of reform where it's not, it's not legal, but it's not illegal. It just knocks it down to to um, like a citation type of thing where, if you're caught with certain things, they um, uh, it's more like a slap on the wrist instead of you know taking you to jail. Which I support. I, I support the the whole Portugal aspect where it's more treatment as opposed to punishment, because it just seems that that's that's a smarter way to approach it. And I don't understand why so many people go through things where the same approach 
hasn't worked for so long, but they're going to go ahead and just keep, you know, continue with the same thing because that's how it's always been. We need more more ability and more support in innovation where, hey, let's take a chance on doing this thing. Let's take a chance doing this. What's what's the worst that can happen type of situation? <coughs> I think the word I was looking for was decriminalization of drugs. So, yeah, what what would be the worst that could happen? I mean, drugs are illegal now, but look at the crime rates. Look at all the people that have been incarcerated based solely on drugs. And all, all the different uh, offshoots of, of that complicated situation. It just doesn't appear that saying something is illegal is going to stop anybody from doing something. I mean, if you just take a history lesson, you know, you take a look at prohibition. The, the biggest drug that, that's out there is, is alcohol and it's fine. You know, it was illegal for the longest time. And then now they're just like, yeah, you know what? There's this crime's too crazy. Let's legalize it. And then what happened? Yeah, I, I don't Those crime families didn't didn't um, didn't stick around too much after that. At least I don't think so. That's I guess that's something that I need to research is, is what what did happen to those crime families. I know Al Capone got sent to Alcatraz, but what happened? Did they just stick to the other? Areas of crime that they were they were involved in prior. I don't know, but that is very crazy when you take a look at the world of crime. Like for example, let's watch the documentary on the Vorzakonye, the Russian mob, and they were saying how they try to create a a, a criminal enterprise and pretty much. Anything that you can make a criminal. <coughs> For example, I I learned about one story where they would go ahead and pass off vodka. I believe it was. I believe it was vodka as windshield washer and either like Windex or, or maybe just windshield washer fluid for a car. Because when it would go through customs, <coughs> when it would go through customs, it would appear to be taken as a chemical. So there was no import tax on it, except if it were labeled as as um, actual vodka. Then when then it would uh, be under the the taxation of alcohol or something of that nature. So they saved. Uh, so much money in taxes that it's definitely worth it to to go ahead and do that. And it's just so so crazy how so many things can be made into crimes if if you look at it with a certain mindset. You know that's tax evasion right there. So some sort sort of tax fraud. But that's that's how. Um, some criminal organizations work, and I, I feel that if, if you do criminalize drugs, it would be just way easier to do a lot other 
things to the betterment of society. I don't I don't understand how you you can't come up with different jobs if those jobs weren't there, you know, fifty years ago if you have drug enforcement, why couldn't you come up with something else like tax enforcement or pollution enforcement or just anything else or wellness enforcement. How about that? How about how about create a department that is focused on wellness or how or even better, education. Education enforcement, making sure everybody is up to par with their education, that education is um, moving forward and becoming more advanced and helping out the world and being more knowledgeable or healthcare enforcement. You know, where where they make certain things to to go ahead and help people because that's that's what they say. You know, that's that's why people take jobs of that nature. They say, "Hey, I want to be I want to be a cop because I want to help people or protect people." And if you took away the DEA or something of that nature, <laughs> why don't you have them, you know, enforce healthcare and then help people by making sure they're not sick? Like that that would be so fantastic if if that could be an actual thing where they could do things like, you know, take care of the elderly that nobody pays attention to, or even better, uh, help the homeless, you know, provide them with <coughs> certain certain uh, community programs to assist them either getting back on their feet or to, to, to have a better living situation where maybe they help out the community in return. So, for example, maybe having some sort of uh, comfortable living situation, and in return, they volunteer for a um, some sort of like community gardens type of thing where the community is able to have vegetables and access to things of that nature, and those people get to have a nice home and also uh, some great food. Nice, healthy food, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. I at this point, I don't believe that's what that's what they'll go with. But hopefully, they come. People come to their senses, and we'll see what uh, what the future holds for everybody. How what the what twenty sixteen will hold for everybody. So, this is it for my uh, first podcast. I've been rambling on about nothing. It's been it's been a fun trip, everybody. So, if you want, I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Cisco underscore Rodriguez. Again, that is I'll spell it out for you, which is C I S C O underscore R O D. R-I-G-U-E-Z and on Instagram as Francisco the Conqueror and on Facebook as Francisco Rodriguez so please follow me on there and uh, if you like uh, tweet at me and help me come up with a name for this podcast and that's it for me everybody thank you and I look forward to you on the next episode. Thank you.